I assume you were listening to us last week, but maybe you weren't. I know, I just, I think you just throw me off because you always say welcome back in part two of the episode. Oh, do it? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I do you want to do that again? The, no, no, I've already thrown off the... the... All right. Well, welcome to Crank Your <laughs> Commentaries, anyway. My <laughs> name is Jake Domastro, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Keaton Byer. Hello. Hello, Keaton. <laughs> how's, it go- how's it going? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I just feel, like, really thrown off because, you know, this whole... Intro didn't the go whole e- properly. Yeah, the whole <laughs> equilibrium has been, yeah, I know, right? It totally messed with uh, the rest of the episode. All right, so what film are we doing, Keaton? Uh, it's called Living in Oblivion, uh, and uh, it's pretty real, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. So um, uh, this is sort of like, it's a movie about like making movies, I would say. I think this movie kind of like flies under the radar, like... I hadn't heard about it until recently. I hadn't heard about it until uh, you told me about it. Yeah, uh, but it's it's definitely worth watching. <laughs> it's directed by a a, a a director I've never heard of until this movie. Yeah, and I mean, if you if you hear him talk about the movie, like you know, you can kind of understand why you've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, and uh, in looking it up, I didn't actually really look into any of his movies after this just the one before it really so i don't actually know if you did anything afterwards i uh there's a few but it's not too many i mean we should probably just get right into like sort of you know summarizing the movie since you know i don't i, I think most of our listeners probably aren't familiar with it <laughs> to be honest yeah 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 it's true why don't why don't so you, you you start us off and i'll i'll interject when i've got uh when i got something to say okay so um this is kind of like a uh it's a comedy in three acts, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I think a comedy is is limiting its scope to call it a comedy. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> I think it's definitely uh it's definitely there for a laugh though, you know what I mean? I mean comedy's forefront. Yeah, it's definitely I would say like genre wise it's it's a comedy. <laughs> like but what, I think they call it like a dark or a black, black comedy. comedy. Yeah, black comedy. Um Right. But yeah, so basically, uh, it's a movie about making an in- well, sorry, it's an independent movie about making an independent movie, and it's um, yeah. sort of we start off with uh, the director of the film, who's uh, played by uh, Steve Buscemi, the the incredible yeah Steve Buscemi, <laughs> the incredible Steve Buscemi, um, who sort of uh, you know actually a really good cast in this film. Yeah, excellent cast actually. We, sorry, we don't start off with Steve Buscemi. We start off with the catering crew. With who? What? The catering crew. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good opening. Yeah. So, yeah, we just uh, we start off with this uh, catering crew who's just setting up the uh, the catering, the craft services table for a uh, for a film shoot. 
and uh this guy is uh, smelling the milk that he's about to put out, and, you know, he thinks it's bad, but, you know, I guess he doesn't really care enough to, like, you know, get fresh milk, so he just puts it out. Yeah, I mean, why would he care enough? <laughs> and, you know, that might come up later. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, anyway, so then it the... It all uh, ties together. The actors and the crew arrives, and uh, Steve Buscemi, who is the director of this shoot, uh, is, uh, it gets to start and uh this they're shooting a scene where uh basically the lead actress is uh having a uh a very tense conversation with her mother in the scene that they're about to shoot not in the actual movie it's gonna be confusing because there's like a movie in a movie like what he's shooting is kind of irrelevant in this scene, you know? It's yeah. just like in, in the summary. But basically, anyway, so they're sense. having this first shoot and then everything is just like, literally everything's going wrong. It's like, it, yeah, it just, <laughs> everything that can go wrong does go wrong. It's Murphy's Murphy's Law, all, like, you know, a, a light explodes, it. like, uh, like right they forget when their lines, the boom gets in the shot, yeah. there's a street noise, like literally everything that can go wrong. And the thing is, the the way it's done is 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 good because it it doesn't seem like over like when when he listed it sounds no they all the seem like hell. you know things that can happen and like you know if you've ever done anything like this like you know uh, anything creative not just doing a movie or anything but like you know these yeah, all seem yeah. like you we'll know, get into it things that like you know these are all things that can happen right <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but anyway but it's just on. like yeah one after another wrong. these things go wrong you know uh eventually culminating in you know a uh uh well that doesn't culminate in this actually even but um you know the director of photography uh is missing while like puking his guts out while the lead actress is giving her best performance and they don't get any of it on done uh, (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah so um there's all sorts of shit go wrong um then we start hearing you know a beeping noise and uh the director freaks out because they can't deal with the beep and everything that was just weighing on him all all shoot just explodes and uh he throws like a crazy uh you know he freaks the fuck out yeah um then we end up uh he we realize that uh this entire segment has been a dream or rather a nightmare (laughs) yeah that's the more accurate term for yeah um on uh in in the head of the director this whole movie is so stressful but that that first sequence where things start and keep going wrong because for me it's it's the second sequence that really i think is the worst (laughs) we'll get to that yeah 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 (laughs) well you're about to get into it but i I feel like the first sequence is is just like it's like i guess you're you're probably right now that i think about it but the first sequence is like as soon as you realize what's gonna how okay this is what's gonna happen and it just yeah and it's just like you just you just want them to get the scene you just want them to get a good stressful (laughs) but yeah um it's just it's very stressful but uh yeah in the second uh sequence uh the lead actress wakes up uh she's just had a uh one night stand with uh with uh one of the main actors and um uh, they basically decide you know they're uh not going to tell the crew about anything right um, and and there's a there's a significant uh dynamic difference between them in the sense that the uh the uh, the dude is like s- some big Hollywood actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems, he, you know? he's, he's, he's supposedly some big deal in Hollywood. 
He's because uh, it's an independent film, right? Yeah, so they've, exactly. They've, they've uh, hooked this uh, this big fish from Hollywood. Exactly. Uh, but but he's not a uh, hostess Twinkie type, you know. No, no, no. He's no. not. He's not a Hollywood kind of guy. This is his. All puff. This is what he wants. You know, he wants to be in these kind of movies, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, so um, uh, they get to the set uh, after this, and uh, they start shooting the scene, which uh, which just so happens to be uh, starring those two same actors. Yeah, you're right. This this one's the most stressful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Um, uh, it's it's the scene in which they're supposed to be declaring their love for each other, in in the, the movie, movie. Yeah, which is a bit hard to do. Yeah, when yeah. You, uh... um, but um, <laughs> we learn a lot about the character of Chaz Palomino, who is yeah. This, the the uh, section's all the dude. Yeah, he's the dude the who, actor, uh, who the big who's fish. The big fish, right? It's it's all about him. This, this, this is this all segment. about him. So basically, like he proceeds to just be like you know the worst person ever like the textbook airhead uh, yeah uh, overacting uh, yeah and he keeps like suggesting like changes to like you know the blocking and like oh just you know put that light over there and it's like you know uh he's like trying to tell everybody else how to do their job yeah you know? exactly he's like well what if you now hear me out what if you did this yeah and then, like he keeps trying to put on an eye patch <laughs> yeah the eye patch which belongs to the director of photography wolf uh yeah. <laughs> because he had his girlfriend accidentally uh squirted perfume in his eye previously which is why he's wearing an eye patch <laughs> <laughs> A lot of yeah, there's a lot of little little details that tie together. I think that's what makes this movie like so good. You know, yeah, it's it's more than just like a yeah, uh, and all the characters are, are are great. Like I mean, Wolf for example. Yeah, Wolf is amazing. Yeah, great character. <laughs> but like, <laughs> they're shooting the scene and uh, and it just keeps changing. And uh, yeah, Wolf is getting you know annoyed by uh, the actor specifically. Because uh, he keeps changing, like, where he's standing and everything. And, like, then he asks him to put up another light or something. Well, yeah, they're like, can we, like, yeah. if we shoot from the other angle, we have to change the lighting. Yeah. So they have to, like, take a break for, like, you know, to change the lighting because of this actor's stupid request. Yeah. But, yeah, he's just he's just absolutely the worst. And I think Nick, who's the director, who, Steve Buscemi, uh, I think the... the implications he's compelled to go along with it because he needs this dude in his movie yeah because like, for, he, for he, name he, value you know so he can sell exactly the movie. yeah yeah he like he knows that all his ideas are shit and he doesn't like them but but he does them anyway because or he tries them anyway because you know he wants to keep him happy hey. yeah, uh exactly. so it's so painful <laughs> yeah it's very painful and then you know eventually uh during one take of the scene uh what's uh Catherine keener's name like in the film the uh, the character's name the act well the actress that's not like in the nicole nicole yeah yeah yeah. so uh anyway chad is uh he's so annoying in one scene uh that nicole freaks out at him then he gets mad and then he goes and talks to the director <laughs> yeah because she like snaps at him and he's yeah. like he like fucking snaps at the at, at nick and he's like we need to have a conversation we should, we should talk now yeah and then he's like i cannot work with this woman and then, like, um, Nick is like, 
yeah, okay, I know, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, she's terrible, you're great, whatever. Uh, <laughs> exactly, he just says what he wants to hear. He but says like, he tells know, him exactly what he wants to hear. a total Hollywood pushover type. Yeah, you know? exactly. And meanwhile, unbeknownst to, uh, to them, uh, Nicole is uh, listening back to the audio of the take, uh, but also happens to hear the microphone that is pointed at them. So she overhears everything they're yeah. saying. Um, yeah. And then so they go back and they shoot the next uh, take, and then uh, Nicole takes it upon herself <laughs> to just unload on 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 Chad. Uh, well, she's while like, the can we improvise rolling. this scene? Yeah, she's, she's like, can we do some imp- imp- improvising? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, um, uh, yeah, she she just you know reveals that they had previously slept together, and that like you know he's just a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously she is pissed off at him and Steve Buscemi and yeah. Oh, yeah, Steve, first Steve Buscemi fights him. Chad. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Everybody like Chad ends up like being like fuck this, you know, after she like unloads on him and then like, you know. Uh and then they're like, "Well, fuck you. We don't want you anyway. We only hired you because of your name." And then he's like, yeah. "I only did this movie because I thought you were tight with Quentin Tarantino." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, Steve Buscemi, he's like, you twinkie motherfucker. Yeah, you host a twinkie motherfucker. Twinkie motherfucker. <laughs> and then, and then uh, uh, the actor punches him in the stomach. Yeah. And then they proceed to fight. They and proceed to, the detail. everybody ends up coming together and kicking the shit out of Chad Palomino and then throwing him Yeah. At- but I love the detail of uh, Dermot Mulroney's character, Wolf, when he, like, runs, he's like, hey, well, I gotta protect my girlfriend. So he, like, runs over and just immediately gets knocked out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then so they throw him They throw him in a car that is headed back to his hotel. Uh, not before the uh, the gaffer uh, puts <laughs> a, uh, a script in his pocket because he wants him to be in his movie, <laughs> which is right. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God, there's just so many little tendrils in this movie of just, like, perfect... Uh, yeah, and then after this we hear a beeping again and we realize that this is all Nicole's dream. Exactly, so we got a double dream situation. Sorry, nightmare. Yeah, double nightmare. <laughs> which is something I'm not normally... Uh, it's, it, you really have to work hard to get me in the camp of of doing uh, everything as a dream, and it was a dream. Yeah, you but really I mean, have to the whole hard. point is like it's just it's so nightmarish that it's like you know I don't care that whether or not it's real within the context of the movie because it doesn't really affect anything. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't because I mean, kind of real in the movie. Kind of about this movie is like you know the cohesive story of this movie doesn't really matter. It's just well, a sort of a thing. series we'll... of like thematic vignettes, right? Exactly. And once we move on from the summary, we'll talk about that idea a bit more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, and then we we end up in the the third part now, which is that you know they're uh, shooting an important sequence in the film, the dream sequence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, because the dream sequence is always an important part, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a super important part in the film. <laughs> um. And uh, we, uh, uh, they're preparing for this uh, scene. It's really strange. There's supposed to be a lot of smoke because uh, smoke machines are always great. Uh, there's supposed to be yep. a dwarf uh, who's played by Peter Dinklage. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's one of his first roles. <laughs> it is, I think. Uh, 
And uh, she's wearing a wedding. Nicole's wearing a wedding dress for yeah. It's like, it's like the most cliche, like yeah, quote unquote. Like dream I can't, I'd love to imagine. see the movie that they're making in this movie. Oh yeah, because it just say, seems like it's so, so bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, so anyway. So um, they're shooting this scene, and once again, everything starts going wrong, as always. Shocker! Shocker! Uh, <laughs> So this time, like, uh, you know, everything seems to kind of be going okay, except for, you know, the the um, the dwarf is being, you know, a bit uh, uncooperative. <laughs> the dwarf is being uncooperative? What is his name, Tito? <laughs> Tito, Tito, not Toto. <laughs> not Toto, and yeah, Nicole keeps calling him Toto. <laughs> yeah. Also, they're having some trouble with the smoke machine. <laughs> well, first there's too little smoke, and then there's too much smoke. Yeah, and then the smoke machine ends up blowing up, essentially. And then it explodes. Uh, just like the light in the previous Oh, yeah, and and the shot, the shot where, uh, uh I, I don't know what her title is, uh, but the woman who, like, shouts the commands, what is her title? Oh, uh, she's the AD. The AD. She's, um, the scene where she's like, we're doing the the scene with the dream sequence with no smoke. Uh, that's it. again no smoke in the dream. I know, sequence. I know. <laughs> and the look on Steve Buscemi's face—it's just like, so, oh my god, I wanted the smoke so bad. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's heartbreaking. So I feel for stressful. him in this movie, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll um, talk about that. Anyway, eventually, uh, Tito gets uh, gets very angry and leaves. Um, <laughs> well, because for the reason that he leaves is important. He like he he, he points out how stupid the dwarf in the dream sequence. Yeah, because like, have is. you ever had a, dr- a sequence a dream He's with like, a dwarf yeah, in it? Have, I've never, I've never even had a dream with a dwarf in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he storms out off, and yeah. I love that Nick's like he's got a point. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, but also his mother showed up i can't remember in what order these things happen well it's all because again it's all just a uh it's all just a clusterfuck uh, you know it's like every yeah it's a circus of uh yeah uh, errors or whatever his mother uh who appears to be a bit senile <laughs> I think. yeah yeah has some some dementia symptoms yeah has uh showed up on set um and uh <laughs> god that's weird like that that's where the movie again that's where it really kind of takes kind of a, a hard turn is bits like that you know the bit where um his mother like they're all thinking about what they're going to be doing and his mother like imagines herself like walking through a wall because she said she yeah she just walked vaporized through the wall or something <laughs> yeah and and they like show her doing that and then there's like the other thing where with like uh, Kat Nicole's character. Oh, how she's uh, like, uh, she thinks she's gonna be just a a waitress or a cook or whatever after this. Well, that, yeah, that. There's that bit and the uh, with her mother. Oh yeah, with story. her mother. Like, there's, yeah. There's 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 more layers to this movie. You're saying because it's like pretty dark at some points. It's more than dark. There's like further implications beyond. It's not just right. dark for the sake of being dark. If you know what I mean. Right. There's, there's like there's more to it than just. Oh, that was kind of dark and funny. You know? Right. It yeah, was yeah. like. Anyway, go on. We've we're still we're trying to break through the summer here because it's all clusterfuck. But we're we're basically there. That's yeah. Everything of... goes wrong, and then eventually, uh, the dwarf leaves, and 
he like Steve Buscemi's like I'm done, I'm done. We're not we're not finishing this. We're done for the day. Yeah, I, we might I, be done yeah. with this movie. Like you know, yeah. <laughs> He's just I defeated. Quit. And anyway, so then um, Wolf orders the uh, the film crew to start packing up the camera, but uh, his mother sees this and decides to play the role of the dwarf herself. Indeed, she steps in. She steps in. It makes sense that she's in the dream sequence. I don't know. But they shoot the scene with her doing the... Uh... Well, she's in the dream sequence, and, and he's, she plays not his mother in the dream first dream sequence. Yeah. And then he's like some old lady. I don't know who it was. Yeah. But I'm saying, anyway, they end up shooting the sequence with his mother. Indeed. And uh, then they, um, they're they happy with it, even though it has no smoke and no dwarf. <laughs> Uh, and they decide that uh, they're done with that scene, that they have it. And uh, right when they're about to wrap... They're all cheering. They're all cheering. Uh, audio guy. Uh, I don't know what his title is, but they call him Speedo. <laughs> because yeah. he says speed. Uh, the the audio guy says, wait, I need 30 seconds of room tone. <laughs> Y'all need to be silent for 30 seconds. Oh, as soon as he said that... Me and I'm sure everybody who's ever watched this movie ever was like, oh, God. Yeah, no. what can go wrong now? It's like, what are they going to pull on us? Yeah, so they all just sort of stand there looking tense while 30 seconds ticks by. <laughs> and they, they start dreaming of, you know, what uh, what their future will hold, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, what they're going to do after this movie. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, eventually it uh, the clock ticks down, and they've got it. They've got their 30 seconds of room tone, and they have to now move on to the next scene, and that's it. And as far as we know, that last segment is not a dream sequence. As far as we know, yeah. Yeah. That's the summary. To summarize the summary, uh, it's basically like three acts, and the first two are dream sequences. Yeah, which... and the last one is... For all we, as we presume is real. Yeah, so there's two nightmare sequences le- leading into a third sequence, which is basically equally as nightmarish. Where as they the are filming two. a dream. Yeah, exactly. So they've um, inverted it so that instead of, you know, them dreaming about making a movie, they're making a movie where they're dreaming. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack with this movie, so... Yeah, it's confusing. There but... really is. There really is a lot in this movie. Um, should we get to some initial thoughts before we start yeah. talking about... Yeah, let's do like that. How they made it and all the other shenanigans. Yeah, and definitely. Details um, and everything. Yeah, well, I was, I've said it a couple times, but this is probably one of the most stressful films I've ever watched. Yeah, I know. It's just, oh, it's so brutal at some points. It's just like, it's hard to watch. Just every, everything is just going hard wrong, to watch. You know? And that's that's kind of what I was going to, I was going to ask this earlier, but like, so... So when I when I described this movie to Margo and I said when I was like okay so this movie is um it's an independent film about a guy making an independent film and then everything that could possibly go wrong goes wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and her response was why would anyone want to watch that? <laughs> well I have an answer and to that. What's your answer? Because it's cathartic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's the kind of thing that might just be compelling t- to people who either A, make movies, yeah. or, or or B, think a lot about 
the making of movies or know a lot about the making of movies. Yeah, uh, kind of. <laughs> like, if I can see, if you're not all that into film... Yeah, no, like, of... if... Which is, you know, we'll talk about this when they talk about, like, the production of the movie, but, like, yeah, like, I think this, this movie is, like, somewhat self-indulgent. That's what I was gonna, uh, that's what I was gonna ask you, you know, I was gonna ask you, what, do you think this movie's self-indulgent? Yes, but, um, that's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, yeah, it wouldn't be improved if it wasn't. <laughs> this needs to be what it is, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it's it's self-indulgent, yeah. but also it's like, it doesn't sound like they wasted a lot of money's people make a lot of people's money making it no exactly and it's well yeah we'll get we'll get into the budgeting <laughs> yeah a little later on but um yeah what about the characters like um like i don't know i really liked wolf i thought he was just a great character he, he's probably like busimi's obviously like a well a he's obviously yeah you know uh he's he's but, great but, in this movie but like because i mean the thing is like i think in the movie like steve busemi is like we are all Steve Buscemi, you know what I mean? Like, anybody yeah, exactly. who has ever, like, you know, had a creative endeavor is Steve Buscemi. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's the thing. It doesn't... It doesn't, doesn't necessarily replace... have to be movies, but, like, you know... Anyone who's, like, creatively managed something. Yeah, creatively or even not, like, necessarily creatively, like, you know... Anyone who's managed something, basically. Anybody who's ever been in charge of anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. They can relate to Steve Buscemi. Exactly. <laughs> Which, again, is like, why would you want to watch that is a valid question. Why would you want to watch someone in charge of something struggle at every possible... In every possible way? Right. Because I don't know, because it's, it's just like, yeah. you know, to so that, like, you know... Because if you felt that pain, you know, it's like... Yeah. To see somebody else feel yeah. the pain is like, you know... It's true. It's true. And but uh, again, I I guess there are there are some like I guess I don't know. Like I don't know that much about like making movies. I don't want to like oversell. Yeah, no, I don't want to oversell what any of our experience making movies is cuz like, you know, God yeah. knows we haven't like, you know, done anything like exactly. <laughs> impressive which, which at is all. why I which is why I, I snuck in the spend a lot of time thinking about Yeah, exactly. Movies. Um <laughs> but like no. you know, I I'd like to think I I like I know enough about you know the process that uh, that I I can understand like what's going on, uh, but also like my uh, my identification with the character doesn't necessarily come from my uh, time making movies. If that's You're right, clear. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the reference points, like I was gonna I was gonna say like my like the way I relate to Steve Buscemi is, is character is mostly through like, like music, you know, yeah, like no, no, I, getting I, a I, band I, together. You know, <laughs> yeah, I've uh, been in that room with you. <laughs> that, yeah, that is, that is where I, I really, really relate to him. But like, yeah, no, definitely. We've like, obviously the, the time we spent talking about film and re researching it kind of gives you like, there is, there's, it's so accurately referenced. You know what I mean? Like, every, oh yeah. So many, like, no, no, it's good. It, and it's, it's, it's funny seeing like, you know, because these are all like, it's funny seeing the actors play the roles of the people <laughs> making the movie. I just think it's funny. Yeah, yeah, and this all came from the fact that we were talking about, like, this all 
branched off the fact that Dermot Mulroney is so good as the uh, as Wolf. Yeah, which is 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 true. He, I totally buy him as that character. Like, I don't know, like the the artsy kind of overly artsy. But no, we've still, all like, met a wolf. Like, you know what I mean? I know. Exactly. It's the thing. It's like all these characters. Like you've all met that person. You know what I mean? They're all archetypes, yeah, which, right? Which brings me to my next point. <laughs> I also I also love the 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 part where he's he calls it like he's like you pretentious beret marrow wearing motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretentious beret wearing motherfucker. But yeah, it brings me to my next point. Yeah, uh, is that Nick reminds me so much of you. <laughs> really? I, yeah. I don't think I'm that high strung. <laughs> no, not high strung necessarily. I think part of it is the fact that he vaguely looks like you, just <laughs> in like the fact that he has the like long hair and right. the beard, and he's wearing the leather jacket. I think, and he's talking about uh, directing and film stuff, and he's just I don't know. <laughs> so I, and just the like uh, uh, that one time we were trying to uh, again a music thing. Yeah, we yeah. Was it to, when we were recording uh, that thing with Lucky? Exactly, yeah, yeah, Lucky in the, uh, Lucky in the movies. Obviously, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and, and you literally, I, you were, like, kneeling over the, your tape recorder. Yeah, what is that buzz? <laughs> what is that buzz? And you said, I've been defeated. I, I've been defeated. Yeah, but no, then we pulled and, it together. We yeah, got we got it done. done. So it's actually a lot like this. Uh, it's it's this a movie. lot like this movie. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe there'll be a movie about that one day. Probably not. Um, but uh, almost definitely not. Um, anyway, the point is, Nick reminds me of Jake. <laughs> well, I mean, Nick a is lot. really all of us, like I said. <laughs> he is all of us. He is. Um, but more you than most. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I could also see you fighting an actor. I could. F- you'd see me fighting an actor? I could see you, like, jumping. No, I, I just made that up. I yeah. don't really think I could see you fighting an actor. I don't know. If the actor came at me, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, if an actor punched you, I could see you fighting an actor. <laughs> anyway, this is all where we're spinning off the rails at record speed here. So what were your uh, your initial thoughts, if you have any extra ones? Uh, no, just that, like, you know, it's 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 great, and it, it uh, it's hilarious. Like, it, it cracked crack me up like like everything in that movie just feels so much like it's based on something that that's happened. the thing is it all fe- it feels so real it's yeah. like it's such a real movie um actually um on that subject there's there's a i don't know how closely you looked at the credits of this film oh yeah yeah did you catch that uh in the credits because uh you know how normally at the end of the credits or whatever it says like uh What's that thing? Like any resemblance, uh, any resemblance uh, or incidents portrayed or names are fictitious, and any similarity to any person is coincidental, right? Right. So in this, they changed that uh, at the end, where they said the names herein are sorry. Any incidents portrayed and the names herein are sort of fictitious, and any similarity <laughs> to the to the name That's- character or history of any person is sort of coincidental and unintentional. That's unbelievable. <laughs> so they snuck that into the credits, which I thought was funny. That is great. <laughs> Cracked me up all the way through. Um, like, you cannot look away. Uh, you cannot... You, no, totally. You can't, like, I, was, it's... I mean, I don't know. Like, I wasn't able... Like, I could not have been distracted from that movie. You know what I mean? No, exactly, yeah. No, exactly. my attention it's, all the way through. It's, a, it's like watching a train wreck. Exactly. In slow motion. You, you cannot avert your eyes. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. 
So should we get into the production? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Um, start talking about actually how this was made and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you like jazz? <laughs> do you like jazz? No, did you what notice that they said that in this movie a bunch of times? A bunch of times? I, saw, I heard it once. No, there was like three or four times oh, where, yeah, right, where they right, said, right, do you like jazz? <laughs> Which I could stop thinking of, do you like jazz? Or we'll do the B movie one day. <laughs> oh, God, one day, yeah. Um... <laughs> What, what do you have to tell us about uh, about well, Mr. Okay, Tom so, DeSillo? Well, so Tom DeSillo, DeSillo, DeSillo. I don't know. DeSillo? I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't check. I think it's DeSillo. I think it is too, but I could be wrong. So maybe it's Tom DeSillo. Who knows? It could be actually. <laughs> I don't know. Tom. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he directed his, his first film is actually pretty notable, not necessarily because of what it is but because it's one of Brad Pitt's first roles. It's called Johnny Suede. I've never, I've never actually seen, seen it, but... Uh... Yeah, but it's also got Catherine Keener in it, um, yep. but we'll we'll, realize, we'll learn why. I think mm-hmm. there's a... And we've talked about actually how Brad Pitt and Catherine Keener were friends before. I don't know if you remember that. When were we talking about that? Was it on Moneyball? Yeah. Was Catherine Keener involved she... in Moneyball? She suggested something. I'm trying to... It's, it's coming back to me. Hold on, hold on. She suggested something to... Brad Pitt. I think it was the director. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what was the right? guy's name? Yeah, what was his name? Why am I blanking on the director's name? Uh, I don't know why I'm directing. Bennett he Miller, Bennett the, Miller. Yeah. Bennett Miller. Yeah, I think she... Because she was in she, Capote, right? Exactly, yeah. Uh, small world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost as if they make all these movies in the same city. Well, they didn't make this movie in the same city, actually. Oh, no? Where was this shot? Well, because this, this, I think this movie is like profoundly not Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> anyway, all this, the point of what we're talking about here is that, yeah, the Johnny Swade was his first movie uh, starring uh, uh, Brad Pitt with the biggest pompadour you've ever seen in your yeah, life. Yeah, I just looked it up. It's huge. I don't think I've ever seen yeah, a it's, pompadour. It's, yeah, it's cartoonishly large. Um, and the vibe I get is that he hated every moment uh, every single moment of making that movie, yeah, um, from the top to the bottom, <laughs> like passionately hated it. Yeah, Tom, like the vibe I got from Tom DeSillo is that he absolutely hates making movies. Yeah, that's <laughs> which the vibe is, I got as well, which, which is, is hilarious because I mean he clearly must <laughs> like doing it to a certain extent. But, well, yeah, he got but, like, into it and he made might it more hate the than process, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, he seemed to hate making movies, hated the industry, and he specifically seemed to hate when people talked to him. Yeah, about the movies and like wanting to make movies and stuff. Well, and I he think he, he like, hated when to... pe- yeah when people you know like uh, got lofty about got the lofty industry. about the industry and stuff like that and uh, got romantic got romantic about it when you know he's seen the sausage factory you know yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I think he said something about wanting to scream in people's faces yeah exactly. Um, and and so the idea for this movie, he said, basically came from him essentially doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is like it makes sense, but yeah, it came from a one day he ran into. He said, "What it was like." He was at a friend's wedding. He said, "That's right." Uh, which will come up again later. It will, yeah. Too. Um, he was at a friend's wedding when he ran into an old uh. Uh, an old classmate of his from an acting class that he had done uh, years in the past, and you know they were catching up, and the, and its classmate was like, "Yeah, wow, so he you just know, heard about so cool. Johnny Swade or seen it or uh, 
and yeah, he, well, he, yeah, he, he talked he, he said uh yeah it's uh yeah it's so saying. so cool that you like you got to make a movie yeah like you made it with Tom. brad pitt too. like yeah you made well i mean i think yeah i, know. I don't think brad pitt was brad pitt still but no no not yet. Yeah, like this is shortly after uh, 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 Johnny Sway. Did we say what year, just to cut in, did we say what year the movie we're doing, uh, so, Living in Oblivion, came out? Living in Oblivion came out in 1995. Johnny Sway came out in 1991. There you go. Okay, so big big gap between one and two because I think he never wanted to do it again. But he runs into this class. Well, also he was working as a, as a DP as well. Right, right. DeSilva basically said, you know, he had a couple martinis or something because <laughs> he was at the wedding and and he basically exploded at the guy uh, being like, no, it was the worst thing ever. It was yeah. a nightmarish. This is why you never want to make a movie. <laughs> like, you know, and he and he says he had like this aha moment. It's like, <gasps> that would make a good movie, which is so fucking ironic. Yeah. So the friend that uh, was at the wedding actually. uh uh, the the groom, I think, and it was uh, got cast as the uh, the clapper person. Oh, it was the groom. I think it was the groom. I don't know. You don't see their face, really, do you? No, it's not. The, actually, no, no, it's definitely not the groom. It was yeah. somebody else. Because again, that the wedding. Oh no, it was the later. friend from. It was the friend that he yelled at. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, the friend. Sorry, that no, he no, it was the friend that yelled at. That they got cast as the. Uh... But the 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 people from the wedding did get cast in the movie. The bride and groom. Yeah, guy. we'll get to all that. That's all part two. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this movie's weird. I forgot to pre preface this, you know, because this is going to be a weird. Normally, we do like if you're if you're familiar with the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know that we kind of lay it out. We do our production. Yeah. In part well, it's one, it's kind of hard to do that with this movie because it's like all messed up. Exactly. Production part one. Production is part two. The, the vibe I got is like like making this movie was not like a very organized affair. You know what I mean? Well, this movie was essentially so there were two production or two production, yeah. as we call it, and two production periods. Exactly. Um, and and we'll get into all that later, but I just thought that's kind of weird. So in part one, we're gonna do. We're gonna cover the first production period or first pre-production yeah. period and first production period, and then in part two we're gonna do the second one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this friend who 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 gave him the idea for the film, like very tangentially gave him the idea, but yeah, nonetheless gave him the idea. He he cast him in the in the role as the uh, as the second AC. Yeah, the second AC, by the way, is the clapper loader person. Yes, we've discussed this. Yeah. Uh, before I believe I don't yeah. remember which episode, but I can't. I don't past. know which one. Uh, but um, yeah, so initially they uh, they were just trying to make like a, a short film. Like this was just like I think a fun idea that uh, that Tom had that he uh, he was just uh, like you know it was a I, romp. I, I need to capture this on film somehow because you know exactly. he, feel, he felt so strongly about it, right? Yeah, he felt strongly about the idea, so and he's so going to make this short film. Yeah, he brought. Uh, a, a bunch of people on board who I think were kind of in his orbit. Well, the way, yeah, so the way he tells it is, so he he's trying to fund the movie. Yeah. So he goes to his wife, who he said raised 32 grand in two weeks. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, but. Well, ha, well did, rich friends? I yeah, guess? I don't know. We all, we talk. We find that happens a lot, I think, where uh, people just randomly 
<laughs> people just, find a ton of money somehow. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and then they just asked around their friends to finance their first film. What was it that happened on uh, on when they were making Goon? They just called up like somebody's oh, yeah, uncle, the, and then like they're just like, okay, yeah, let's the production the company fully fully pulled up out so the producer because yeah. it was his first movie called up his uncle and his father and yeah. they fronted all the money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe not all of it but yeah but enough to finish the movie right yeah <laughs> uh, <but> anyway. <laughs> it's happened more than once yeah no no um yeah or what, what we never did figure out how um how Roland Emmerich was able to uh, fund his first movie either. Oh yeah, exactly. Which movie was that again? <laughs> that was the the Noah's Ark project or something like that, uh, where he did it in in film school, right? Oh right. And he found he 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 raised like one point two million Deutschmarks yeah, or whatever. Right. <laughs> Nobody knows how. Like what the fuck? And he was like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like the the the, the standard for yeah, it was uh, like twenty thousand Deutschmarks or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, um, they, it's he, a common manages... common thing in film uh, that you know they just pull a lot of money out of their ass. But yeah. Um, yeah. I think the reason for that is that um, basically that's because the films where that happens are the films that get finished. Ah, uh, good point. So good it's point. like Those you know you don't hear see. about the ones that you know where they didn't find Art. any money. Right, yeah, it's true, they're not, we, of course, we've never seen the films that didn't get made due to lack of funding. Exactly, so that's why, but, that's why this seems to always happen, I think it's, uh, what you call it, uh, selection bias. Yeah, assuredly, there's, uh, quite a few more of the other kind. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think Tom DeSillo was, he was friends with, uh, Catherine Keener. Yeah. Who, at the time, was newly married to Dermot Mulroney, so already we've got a pretty tight circle. Oh, I didn't even realize that they were married. Yeah, they were married. I, oh, I married don't, yeah, him. I totally didn't, I totally missed that, but yeah. That's, that's funny, that's, that's actually really that. funny. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. how, it, well, that's how he got involved, right? Because uh, DeSillo's friends with Keener. Right. He immediately brings brings her on. Yeah. She shows the script to Mulroney, and he, he liked it, he was he really wanted it in and obviously they still wanted money so so uh dermot mulrooney goes i'll give you five grand if i can play the director yeah and he was like no fuck you but i'll take your money <laughs> <laughs> and that's a quote that's a quote well he didn't say from... fuck you i don't think but no it's true yeah. the fuck you it wasn't in there he said yeah. no but i will take your money yeah uh and so then he ended up being wolf yeah yeah which is so much better and it was actually uh, Dermot Mulroney who suggested uh, Steve Buscemi, right? Yeah, but he was he was I think already friends with them, right? Yeah, exactly. That's I think they all kind of knew each other. Yeah, because Steve Buscemi said that Tom DeSillo was like one of his earliest supporters, and like yeah, I didn't I don't know too much about Steve Buscemi, like how he where he came up, but I yeah. guess he he was doing stage work. Yeah. Earlier on, I, at this point, uh, he hadn't done. I think most of his most, uh, you know, uh, well-known roles. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, at this point, like, what had he been in? And I guess he was in uh, Reservoir Dogs, uh, which you know was critically acclaimed. But um, yeah, he was in Reservoir Dogs. Um, he hadn't done Fargo yet. He hadn't done. Uh, hadn't done Big Lebowski yet. 
He hadn't did. done Monsters Incorporated yet. No, he hadn't done that. Um, I think he was also trying to direct it this time. Yeah, oh, he he was in Barton Fink. But yeah, no, so uh, it's actually interesting that like kind of shortly after this movie, I think, is when Steve Buscemi kind of like took off. And he was not really... Yeah, because just, off, just the next really year a... he did uh, Fargo. Oh, yeah, right. There you go. Yeah. And then Con Air, uh, Big Lebowski, yeah. 1997. No, 1998. Yeah, yeah which is, I don't know. I, I, I like all most of his movies, so it's yeah, kind of I, weird I really that like I'd never heard of this movie. Yeah, 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 especially because he's the star, which I guess exactly. normally he isn't, right? Normally he's a supporting yeah, character. Yeah, exactly. He's, and he's a great star. Yeah. Speaking of Buscemi, he, he took the role uh, without reading the script. But yeah. I guess he I had a lot was, of faith in Tom. He had faith in Tom, but also I think because, you know, it was a short film at this point, right? So Right, right, they, right. Because um, you know, it, they said what? They did the whole thing in like... Uh, Five days or something like that. Well, they were. They said that they were planning on shooting in uh, in six days, and I have no reason to believe that it took much longer than that. I'm sure it took a little longer. <laughs> but so yeah, it seems like it was like you know pretty much a win-win. Uh, although I don't think Steve Sammy would have gotten paid much <laughs> or anything. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's we'll get into that right now. Yeah, because it seemed like it was sort of a pay-to-play situation. Well, not seemed like it. Yeah, it well, I think absolutely was. People that were in the movie were pretty much the people that put up money for the movie, like um, like uh, Mulroney and Keener, right? Exactly, exactly. Because, <laughs> like, I um, think it's basically just like these are Tom DeSillo's friends, and they're helping him make this movie by giving him money and being. <laughs> Yeah, like the way he put it was that, you know, people came to him wanting to be in the movie and he was like, yeah, if you put up some money, you can yeah, be exactly. in it. Yeah, exactly. And I guess he got people who like wanted to act or believed in the project and I don't know, it's kind of I yeah. I, I cuz I didn't hear any other perspectives on on that idea, you know, about yeah. other about people putting up money to act, so I don't exactly know what the uh dynamic was but right i think steve buscemi may have been paid okay right but i'm not sure i don't think he got much if he did he didn't get much yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how they everything got set up for uh sort of the first uh shooting the first production period yeah so um so they end up anyway so they make a 30 minute movie basically this is kind of uh what ends up being the first uh sequence the first yeah. train sequence. And and I wanted to talk about that a bit because I think I think that reads very clearly as that. Well, I mean, you can totally tell just that the first segment was shot completely differently. Like just I mean, if you look at like for example the way it's shot, notice that like everything in the first sequence is in black and white except for the actual shots that are supposedly in the movie that they're making. Yeah. Whereas in the other segments, they're all in color. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you can tell. Well, you can tell that they a- added a lot to the narrative. Yeah. In that wasn't there in that first third. Yeah, and also you can tell in the next bit, in the next couple bits, like that they're filmed in the same location, but that the first one is a different location. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> um. But yeah. Um, so yeah, no, just, uh, you know, now knowing that that's the way they did it, I think it's, it, it, it's pretty, 
it's pretty clear. But yeah, anyway, yeah, so um, so basically they wanted to uh, like Tom DeSillo basically thought that you know um, well, it's a thirty minute movie. It's kind of an awkward length. It's too too long to be a short film, right? But too short to yeah. be a feature, right? So there's there's nowhere to really play it. I can't show it at any festivals or anything. But since everybody doing the first uh, part of it, you know, had such a blast, like kind of filming it, everybody seemed to have a lot of fun. Uh, they just figured, uh, you know, let's uh, let's just make more. Yeah, exactly. Everyone, everyone who was involved, allegedly, according to Tom. Well, I kind of get a... that, like, you know, these are all people that are in the film industry. They're all people that are at this point working on independent films. Like, they're very much coming from the same perspective that he has. And I think that they, right. I think that, you know, everybody got the joke, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I think people were enjoying that. Yeah, I, no, exactly. I think, I think they were all all in on it. I think it's just, like, a pretty relatively easy project. Yeah, small exactly. Tasks, I, I mean, compared really to Johnny Swift. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, about, so about Steve, uh, we were talking a lot about Steve Buscemi, but obviously, because he's the, uh. Yeah, well, he's the star. Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned the scene where he freaks out earlier. Yeah, yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah, well, apparently about that, uh, Tom Nasillo was saying that like the the reaction scene of of the crew where they're like reacting to him freaking out. He's saying that you know reaction scenes are like the hardest scenes to shoot because they like actors often actually need something to react to or yeah, you're not, not going to get be, like you know they're not going to be like unanimous same. in their reaction and it's not going to be yeah. So he essentially like set. Uh, Steve Buscemi free and it was just like do something crazy that's gonna make them look yeah, like so you're crazy do you know he made up the insults on the spot yeah that's what I'm saying that, I'm getting that that last bit was improvised that his yeah. his whole tirade where he's I, I think that's hilarious cause like he's just cut, like popping them off one after another they're just all so <laughs> <Yeah>. good like <laughs> you pretentious beret wearing motherfucker yeah like <laughs> I saw your reel and it was shit. <laughs> uh, like, what do you do here? <laughs> like, what do you? Actually... What's your name? What's your name even? What do you do here? Who yeah. are you? Yeah. Um. <laughs> like, just every he's got one for everybody. Like, you can't find a fucking beep. Point like, being. <laughs> so yeah, that that wasn't in the script then. That wasn't in the script. Uh, so did the script just say something all... like, you know, he freaks out? Yeah, exactly. Pretty much word for word, I think. But you know, this is all the point of all this is that like that that bit is what Tom DeSillo called a, uh, a quote unquote true creative moment. Yeah. And he said, he said uh, it's better than any drug I've ever taken. So this, this is, is so at, this, this is why he keeps making movies even though he hates it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is like, <laughs> so he's clearly an addict because yeah. he hates making movies <laughs> so much. But yeah, you know. I guess, uh, you know, at some points you get Steve Buscemi screaming at uh, a film crew, and that's worth it. Exactly. Every now and again, it just, it just something comes together. Steve Buscemi screams the right insult. Yeah. And magic is made. Yeah. So anyway, uh, like I was saying, they kind of decided that there was uh, no, no way at this point to show the film, but uh, because it was too long to be a short film and too short to be feature but that uh nobody wanted to quit yeah nobody so they were like okay well if they, or tom DeSillo specifically was like okay if, if i'm gonna show this movie anywhere i need to make it a feature yeah 
and there's actually and a couple of examples was... also i think of this happening in other movies that's uh yeah especially yeah, struggling independent film well, i mean the first one i can think of is dark star the john carpenter movie right yeah yeah it started but uh because <laughs> they, they just started kept adding to that they just added it because they wanted to make it a future right um yeah exactly uh, so how much they could they show it. sorry how much should they add to that i think like you know um i think i think it was only like an extra like 20 minutes oh okay i think it was most... that's almost worse though because then it's like you're it's really superfluous material you're adding whereas like with this it's like you're adding two-thirds of a movie yeah well i mean yeah i'm not sure i mean it, it depends it's hard to say like it depends on what you have to begin with right <laughs> uh, yeah that's true but yeah no like um i i do think that like you know you could just have the first segment like stand on its own but i think adding the two extra segments like you know really complete this no yeah totally of course so yeah that's um that's the uh kind of the second pre or sorry the production period but they take a um an eight month break between shooting periods which what happens in that eight month break we'll talk about on the next episode so because we're gonna if we if we keep going we're gonna run pretty long so instead of that let's move on to our next segment yeah would that be the segment Welcome to Six Degrees of Star Trek. This is the segment where we find connections between this film and Star Trek. So, what do you th- what do you think, Keaton? Do you think this was easy or hard? Uh, my first thought was that it's going to be extremely hard, but uh, I guess now that you've now that you've s- asked me that question, I'm having second thoughts, and my second thoughts are the conversation we've had about Star Trek series and episodes often containing the salt of the earth. Right. Okay, so uh, normally you'd be right, but you know, you know, th- this this movie has a bit of a higher salt content than <laughs> you know your average <laughs> film, uh, in the sense that, like, if you look at a lot of the cast in this film, you will notice that their IMDb page basically just has this movie as like one of the only things on it. Indeed, and that is because a lot of the people in these mo- in this movie are not necessarily professional actors. They're people who paid to be in the movie. Yeah, the thing we specifically forgot to mention is that the the guy who played uh, the boom oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was was Tom DeSillo's wife's yeah, trainer. Yeah. <laughs> who put up two thousand yeah. dollars to be in the movie. I mean he was funny in this movie too. Yeah. He was great. Um, he was hilarious. Yeah. He should have been paid you know, it's always the fucking boom operator. Um uh, but yeah, um what was I gonna say? So yeah, so this movie was hard. I think because there were no direct connections. No, I don't think Dermot Mulroney's ever been in an episode of Star Trek. No, because <laughs> I think a lot of the sort of secondary cast of this movie is just so unnotable because they've been in literally nothing. Yeah, exactly. Where and I think some of the top end cast went on to do more interesting things, but are not the kind of people who would be in Star Trek. Exactly, it's kind of very. Uh, it's either famous people or nobody in this movie. Yeah. And there's no in-between. We'll feature famous people. Yeah, but, you know, there are a lot of two-steps. But there's no there's no direct connection. That but doesn't shock me one bit. Yeah. I'm even impressed that there are any two-step connections. Oh, there's there's honest. there's tons. I had to I had to uh, 
cut myself down because I was going beyond three. Oh my goodness! Okay, you know I could have just kept going. You know, could, um, yeah. This this segment could just never end. You know, if I wanted to follow all of the paths, you know, <laughs> don't make me do the math right now. But you know, theoretically, almost infinite. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, it would be a lot of a lot of fucking connections if I went <laughs> beyond three. I think so. I have to limit to the three closest that I can think of. All right, and what and what are they? So let's start with Steve Buscemi. Okay. Wow. Okay. So uh, he was not in Star Trek. No, I know. But he was in Spy Kids too. <laughs> was he? Yes. I cannot remember what happens in Spy Kids too. It's been a long time. Now, Spy Kids two is the is the island of uh, yeah um, is the one where they go to Island of Mystery. Right. Spy Kids two is the is the lesser of the of the trilogy because I because three D obviously had the 3D thing going. Yeah. I think Spy Kids 2 was probably better than Spy Kids 3, but it Oh, Spy Kids 3 is terrible. Yeah, but it was gimmicky as hell. It had the yeah. awesome 3D glasses. Fucking Sylvester Stallone was in that movie, wasn't he? In Spy Kids 3, was he? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't even you know if I would registered him. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, Spy Kids. Uh, why do we care about Spy Kids? Because Ricardo Montalban is in Spy Kids 2. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Do you know Ricardo Montalban? That name is very familiar. He is Khan. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, okay. He was in the 1967 episode of Star Trek TOS, Space Seed. Space Seed. Which is the uh, the episode uh, where they meet Khan, uh, Noonien Soon, where, yeah, 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 um, yeah. you know, they uh, Khan is sort of this uh, genetically modified human, like genetic, like super soldier kind of guy who was yeah. like frozen or in stasis since the uh, 20th century, since 1996. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was 96. That... Um, but uh, anyway, so he, <laughs> they find him, and then, you know, obviously he uh, he's Khan, you know. He he tries to take over the Enterprise, and then Kirk defeats him, and then sends him to SETI Alpha 6, I think, or SETI Alpha 5? I can't remember. I think it's SETI Alpha 6. Anyway, so... Um, that's the end of the episode, but you know that's not the end of Khan, because obviously oh, yeah, he comes course, back yeah. in Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. Of course, yeah. Where uh, they go back to the planet, and uh, you know Khan is very pissed because um, some ecological disaster has, uh, um, you know, ruined his little operation there. And yeah, then and you get he, some he, extremely he... convincing graphics. Yeah, some extremely convincing Pixar graphics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. they uh, and then Khan decides to uh get revenge on Kirk for, for leaving him there. It's yeah, fucking yeah. Khan. What more can I say, man? Yeah, well, literally, what more could you say? So, sorry, what movie was Spy Kids 2? <laughs> Spy Kids 2. So, wait, who did Ricardo Montalban play? In, uh... I don't remember what happens to Spy Kids 2. Here. <laughs> Spy Kids... No, they go to the island. Yeah. And there's a dinosaur there. Something. And there's like a scientist there. Is he the scientist oh, that's uh, on the island? Island of Lost Dreams is what it's Oh, he's called. their grandfather. Oh, and their grandfather's a scientist who's on the... Right, he's also in Spy Kids 3D. Oh, sick. Right. Is he in the first one? No. Okay. they don't meet him. Right. But yeah, he's also Khan. It's... Fuck yeah. Right, okay. So uh, let's uh, let's move on. Okay. Let's go to Catherine Keener. Okay, yeah. The, the, so are we going to go through the, the three act- actors in this film? Uh, you know, there might be a slight uh, one that you might not expect. Okay, cool. cool, cool well, cool, maybe, cool. maybe not. 
we'll see, so we'll so Catherine Keener uh, in in uh, you know was in a film called Being John Malkovich. Indeed. Uh, which is probably <laughs> what I know her best from. I'm trying to think what I know her best from. I don't think it's that, but right. what's, let me just look at her filmography. Oh, yeah, Adaptation with Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same director as Being John Malkovich, yeah. isn't it? And writer. Oh, is it? Yeah. Spike <laughs> Jones, right? <laughs> I think it is, yeah. Capote, right? The 40-year-old virgin. That's right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Being John Malkovich, uh, you know, I scrolled through that looking for, you know, the salt of the earth type people who would have been on Star Trek. Exactly, yeah. And we find one Willie Garson. Willie Garson. We've talked about him before. We've talked this is the third time I'm mentioning Willie Garson. Because oh, he is everywhere. Hero. He is in and he's in fucking everything, okay? Salt of the goddamn earth, <laughs> Willie Garson. Yeah, um yeah, you know, uh I first saw him in uh Stargate SG one, uh which he plays a very memorable role. But um, oh, really? he's in he's in many many things, much lots of sci-fi, including Star Trek. God, that's awesome. But yeah, he was in Star Trek Voyager in one episode. See, this is the great thing about you know actors like this. They can be in one episode of Star Trek, and I can use them and all there the time because they're everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was he was he was dressed like a fish person in in, in Star Trek. <laughs> so, you know, he? Yeah, he was. He was wearing like some latex thing on his face. Yeah, this is yeah. He's one of those guys who's been in one episode of almost every TV show. Yeah, he's in two episodes of Stargate actually, <laughs> at least. But like, I think if you go to uh, Willie Garson's uh, IMDb page, uh, Where I, I am. It, 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 there's this. If you read his like uh, bio, I think it's hilarious. Um, just because it starts with "rarely at a loss for work." Garson has appeared in more than 300 episodes of television and more than 70 films. Wow. And, and like, the bit that he plays in uh, in Being John Malkovich is, like, it's it's so weird. I don't remember the bit he plays in Being John Malkovich. He's in this one scene where he's, like, he's in a restaurant and John Malkovich is there. And he's like, excuse me, are you John Malkovich? <laughs> and then he's like, well, yes, I am. And then he was like, you're, you're really great in that movie were, were you... <laughs> oh right yes. yeah, yeah, yeah i haven't seen that movie in a long time that's a good movie but yeah he's in this just this one scene that's hilarious um gotta hand it to willie garson for making my job easier seriously he's done a lot of good work yeah exactly he's in buffy the Zamp- vampire slayer as a security guard god yeah. damn if ever you just want a random guy to be in your uh in your mostly tv i would say if you want Mostly some TV random, scenes, but over seventy for, films. Over seventy films, yeah. Want some random guy, you know? Uh, call Willie Garson. <laughs> Maybe he just never says no to anything. You know what I mean? Maybe we should try and get him on the show. We should. Let's give Willie although Garson a call. Maybe. Although we can't pay him because. Well, no. We don't have a budget for that. <laughs> but we'll ask. We'll ask if he wants to come on. Let's ask Willie Garson. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so let's move on. So uh, we got Peter Dinklage. Okay. Uh, Peter Dinklage was in uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah. Uh, which happens to have Patrick Stewart in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Well, I was thinking further. You're like, trying to think, where would I go from there? It's pretty straightforward, it's, isn't it? It's pretty fucking obvious, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Stewart, Captain Picard, so, obvious. You know, I come, I've been coming around to Captain Picard ever since uh, I've been watching. I think he's definitely still below Janeway, but... <laughs> Well, everybody's below Janeway to you. 
Well, exactly. But, you know, my list might be reshuffling, but I'm not ready to disclose any new reordering yet. Oh, I'm you're not going to say whether or not you put uh, Picard, where you put Picard relative to Kirk? No, yeah, it's still an internal... Re- I mean, prior, everyone knows prior to this, Picard was near the bottom, if yeah. not at the bottom. Right, well, um, I mean, it's. I know you somewhat controversially put Janeway at the top. I don't believe that's controversial at all. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that to be one of the least controversial things I've ever done. In fact, okay, but <laughs> but yeah, I'd like I think there were there were a couple of just random random ones that I uh, came upon. I think I bet you I could find one because we said like uh, Kevin Corrigan who plays the uh, the first uh, assistant camera, first day, right? Right, the guy the who's in, uh, p- the um, goon for he's in. Pineapple Express, and, and you know we did six years of Star Trek for Pineapple Express, so we could you know so, connect yeah. it that way, right? <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Logically, there you uh, go. Let's let's do one right now. Let's 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 go through Pineapple. Let's let's find because uh, he was in Pineapple Express. Who do we have in Pineapple yeah. Express? Do we have any direct connections? Oh yeah, we had Gary Cole. Gary Cole, of course. Yeah, who was in uh, he was in a uh, episode of Lower Decks, or voiced a person, in right? Yeah. And yeah. among, among many other things. So yeah, there we go. Another two step right there. But yeah, so there you go. There you go. That's uh, that's what we have for you today. Try, I try not to say that's all I have to say about that. Uh, no, I know. <laughs> it's, it's really hard not to when you... Yeah, you know. Once the seed's been planted. <laughs> yeah. Um, once the gump seed has been the planted. The gump seed has oh, been planted, God. yeah. Just like you planted it in Jenny. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> gump seed. Yeah, gump seed. You plant that in uh, it only grows in Greenville, Alabama. <laughs> um what we're trying to do is end the episode, I think. Yeah, I don't really know how to do that, so uh, we could just end it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could uh oh. play us out and then there's shout outs and yeah, that's yeah, what we normally do. See. Florida. Florida. That's specific. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, basically, uh, the stats, like the stats, can break down what country you're in, unless you live in right. the U.S., Canada, or Australia. Then it can break down exactly what state. Province. Even more specific. Right. Uh, but yeah. So there, uh, there we go. Yeah. Thank you, Florida man, for listening to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>